Hello and welcome to One Star Bazaar, where we review the movies critics hated in search of the unfairly underrated. It is our season two finale, and we always complain that Metacritic tends to have higher scores than Rotten Tomatoes, but not this time. We review the product of another Adam Sandler slash Netflix collaboration, Murder Mystery. It was directed by Kyle Nuacek, written by James Vanderbilt, available for streaming June 14th, 2019, starring Adam Sandler, Jennifer Aniston, and Luke Evans. The synopsis is, a New York cop and his wife go on a European vacation to reinvigorate the spark in their marriage, but end up getting framed and on the run for the death of an elderly billionaire. This movie has a 45% on Rotten Tomatoes, putting it slightly above our cutoff. However, it does have a 38% on Metacritic, and it is liked by 87% of Google viewers. Benjamin Lee of The Guardian had this to say, It's a surprisingly nimble summer comedy that finds both Aniston and Sandler at their most charming. A positive review, I guess? <laughs> No backhandedness there, really. John DeFore of The Hollywood Reporter said, Murder on the Borient Express. And Asher Luberto of Film Threat said, It's rarely clever enough to be funny, nor frightening enough to be suspenseful, leaving it to sag like Sandler's cargo shorts. We're streaming this on Netflix, as it is a Netflix original. So shall we talk about the acting? Um, sure. Do you have bad things to say about it? No, actually, surprisingly enough... Well, so let me first say, before we get into the acting, kind of the same thing I said last week about the Happy Time Murders. I think part of the problem that people might have with this movie is it's not really a comedy, but I don't think it's trying to be a comedy. I think people see Adam Sandler and assume it's a comedy, right? Yeah. Kind of like how people didn't really know how to evaluate Get Out, which I know that's on a totally other level, <laughs> so I'm not trying to put that in the same stratosphere, but people didn't really understand Get Out at first because Jordan Peele, of course, is very famous for being a comedic creator, right? Mm -hmm. And then, of course, he comes along with, now he's making like these suspenseful social commentary thrillers and... People are kind of like, wait, what? You know, we want to nominate this for awards. What? Where, what is it? We don't... It doesn't really fit in our mold. And this movie is kind of... You see Adam Sandler and you think, oh, it's a comedy, right? Because, I mean, almost all of his movies have been comedies. I mean, yeah, I, I feel like that's a problem with him being typecast as a comedian. Because you do kind of have that feeling with, like, Spanglish... Or but Spanish isn't a comedy either. No, that's what I'm saying. Right. But like from looking at it or looking at the trailer or seeing the poster, right. you would assume it is a comedy just because it has that name Sandler. Like he isn't right. one of those people who is well known for switching it up and doing other things, you know, say like Will Smith, like he tries to be something other than an action star. He tries to go into more dramatic roles. He tries to go into... True. More comedic roles. Whereas Adam Sandler, like, yeah, most of his stuff is comedies. The funny thing is, of some of those movies that you mentioned, some of Adam Sandler's better films are when he's not being a comedy. Yeah. Like true. Adam Sandler, <laughs> typical. 
cool guy. Like, he, I think he is a decent actor. At the same time, he does kind of have, he's follow even in this movie, he kind of follows his same shtick, right? He's, you're just looking at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. Like, he was still kind of the same guy as he is in a lot of films. He I just mean, there's not a lot of, like, there's not a lot of, like, childish humor. No, there's no. not a lot of right. just him being an idiot. I mean, he's kind of bumbling. Like, he's like exactly. a bumbling Exactly, that's it right there. Cop. They basically said, hey, Adam, do the thing you do in all the movies, except don't go beyond this threshold. Just kind of be the bumbling, sarcastic, just kind of whatever guy, oafish. Yeah. But don't go beyond into, like, where you get, like, angry and it's funny and, like, Waterboy and Happy uh, Gilmore. Right. Or don't go, you know, super immature, stupid, like, you you know, in some of these other films. Um, so, anyway, so so the point is, setting that out there to begin with, this movie is not really a comedy. It is a light-hearted... Murder mystery. Murder mystery. <laughs> right. You know, it is. It's light-hearted. There's funny parts, but they're not like, I think actually it does a, it does it better to view this movie in that light because it's more enjoyable if you're not expecting. Like it's funny because they're like the fish out of water. Like right. they're not in their element. They're definitely just trying to make it through this insane situation. And a lot of the comedy comes from that. Right. And I have to think that they intended it that way. Yeah. Because the fact of the matter is at this point, Adam Sandler knows a lot of people. He works with a lot of people. He has his own production company. He's one of the producers on this film. If they had wanted to go in the zany, wacky, typical Adam Sandler comedy direction for this film, they would have. They could have. Right. They would have found somebody like to write the, the script. the ridiculous things. To get back to just kind of the basic acting, I yeah. do feel... I was surprised that... Jennifer Aniston and he had such good chemistry they together. I thought that too. Like they definitely seemed to have, I mean, not necessarily like a mere, like, like definitely friendly banter. Like you, you buy that they've known each other for a long time. Like the right. characters are supposed to be married for the last like 15 mm -hmm. years. So they definitely do have like the rapport that a couple would have. And none of it seems like super awkward or, out of place like sometimes you're just like the do these people even know each other like they, they seem to like in valeria yeah that's exactly <laughs> like, what i was thinking it's like wait these people are supposed to be partners and like their banter sucks like yeah. it's terrible but no here it was good so jennifer aniston has an interesting career right i was actually gonna say i'm pleased with the fact that they both had realistic careers Oh, I'm talking about her in real life. I mean, her, oh. her acting career. Her character is the hairdresser. That's right. Right. No, no, <laughs> yeah. Like, they're very down-to-earth, kind of blue-collar, very... Um, I mean, they're from New York, right? Yeah. But, like, they're very humble, um, regular folks. It is kind of that fish-out-of-water yeah. thing. But I, what I like, they don't necessarily play the whole, oh, they're stupid Americans. Right. Because, of course, the whole point is... So this movie is basically an Agatha Christie novel, right? Right. Like, uh, inspired by Agatha Christie. So last week we had Happy Time Murders, which was inspired kind of, it was like a hard-boiled film noir detective kind of thing, right? Mm -hmm. Max Payne before that, very similar, also kind of that almost like cyberpunk noir 
feel, right? Mm -hmm. This is very much the old school Agatha Christie, like, assemble a diverse cast of interesting, weird people that we don't know their, how crazy their backstories are, and put them together, you know, very much like Clue makes fun of. Yeah. Um, Murder on the Orient Express, of course, is a famous, you know, work of hers where, where we have that. And figure out who had the motive to kill the victim. So, I feel like that kind of segues into the story. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Because you're Do talking you... about the story now. Okay, fine. <laughs> so, there is interesting backstory with some of these characters. It's not, like, fully explained who all of them are. Maybe they could have expanded on that a little bit. Because you're, I mean, when we made it about halfway through the movie, I was still like, I have no idea who the killer should be. Like, I really just don't know. Right. And people just keep getting bumped off, like, one by one. And right. you're just They're like, like oh, I thought he was the killer. He's the killer. No, <laughs> no, he just died. He probably wasn't. Just him. kidding. Um, yeah, so I definitely appreciated that aspect of it. The one issue I did have with when they revealed who the killer was, they're like, oh, that's why you were here in the first place. And I was like, yeah, wait, why did this person... So basically, everyone gathers together, all these people that are connected to this billionaire, and he is like, hey, you all suck, I'm cutting you all out of my will, and my new wife, who I'm about to marry, or whatever, she's a fiancé. They did get they, they are married. Married, I think. Whatever. So my new hot young trophy wife, she's getting all the money. Screw you all. Right? Mm -hmm. And of course then, dun dun dun, the lights go out and he gets murdered. So all of these people in the room have some sort of connection to him in the first place. Not necessarily all related. Some of them are like, you know, business partners or, you know, ancient... Friend, you know, old friends from ancient, ancient. ancient friends. <laughs> well, they're all really well, old. Yeah, so so this is the the part where we do have a little bit of a problem because like, had they just taken maybe a couple extra minutes to be like, oh, you know, he's here because yeah, he's old friends with right. the billionaire guy. Oh, she's here because she's marrying the billionaire guy. Right. Like, she's here because they're she's best friends with the son of the you know like. They should have made it more clear what the relationships between them all were. Right. They did with a few of them, right, but, but not, not with but all not of enough. them. enough. And so then when they're like, oh, you know, this is how, this is your motive, and this is why you killed him, and this is how you're going to get away with it when you finally learn who the killer is. And you're like, oh, yeah, okay, that makes sense. But then in that case... They're like, there was no foreshadowing. Why were they that. there? What was the alternate reason? What was their cover story for being, for yeah. being connected to this old guy? Because otherwise you're like, coming at the end... You're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. But then, if we didn't know that, then why were you there in the first place? Yeah, there was definitely a lack of foreshadowing in this <laughs> story. Um, but despite that... It was pretty decent. Yeah. Um, and I think it's rather engaging. Like, we did have to kind of break it up just because of my work schedule this week. But I thought it was... You know, there wasn't a point where I was like, they could just cut this out. No, you know, yeah, like, no. Well, yeah, it's not a very long of, movie yeah. either, right? It's like an hour and 40 minutes. All and of it contributed to like the Like, nine story. minutes of that is credits. I was like, how... Well, maybe there's a, maybe there's a post-credit something. Maybe there's funny bloopers. You know, we, we look at the time as the credits start rolling. And there's like nine minutes left of the overall film. Like, well, there's got to be if there's this much credits. No. It's there's just, just nine, nine minutes, minutes of credits. Of credits. <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, so it's really actually only about an hour and a half of actual movie yeah. to watch. So we talked a little bit about you know the the areas we thought the movie didn't do so well. What did it do well besides the chemistry between Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston? Jennifer Aniston. The surprising chemistry. I was still like, is it really that like, surprising? For yes, I was They've like, they've been in like three okay, movies together. Yes, they have. But first of all, I was just like, why am I buying that they're married? Like. She's way out of his league. I was going to say that. <laughs> okay. like, so can I go back? I can still I circle, buy it. Can like, I circle back around now to yeah. my weird commentary on Jennifer Aniston's career? Yes. So it's kind of interesting that... So obviously she was on Friends, right? Most but famous. But before that, she was in Leprechaun. Was she? Her first major role. Okay. Yes, she was. Great. Let's just file that away in... Stuff that doesn't matter, and I don't care about And spoiler anymore. for Leprechaun Returns, the main character in that movie is her daughter. Jennifer Aniston's daughter? From the first Leprechaun movie. Oh. Yes. Not her real-life daughter. Not her real-life daughter. She doesn't have any children. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so she was on Friends, and then, you know, one of the most popular TV shows of all time. And she's one of the most highest paid TV actresses at that point, right? And they're, right. Whole, you know, they they all banded together and formed a little actors union for the show and said, we're all going to get paid equally and, right? Very successful there. And now, I mean, she's in some other comedies and movies and just kind of forgettable here and there. Office Space probably being the best one, right? That I can And I feel of. like We Are the Millers is kind of underrated. I feel like it was kind of funny. That's true, but that's my point, is that's the movie she makes now. And if you haven't now. seen Dumplin' on Netflix, it's amazing. That's the movie, those are the movies she makes now. She makes, like, um, what did she just say? We're the Millers, <laughs> Horrible Bosses, this movie, like, was she in Jack and Jill? But She's in one of those Adam Sandler the only one in Jack and Jill? No, but... No, she was in, like, she... Let's Go, would Just Go With It yeah, or okay. something... They were... Sure. Oh, yeah, where, like, they pretend that they're married to... Something. I don't care. I don't, I don't know. Matter. I never saw it. Whatever. The point <laughs> is, now she's just in, like, Liam Neeson keep getting them checks mode. I think she realizes that she's she doesn't care about... I mean, she's never going to be a, a really famous, like, well-respected, I mean, you know, Oscar-worthy yeah. kind of actress. And even she when she was at work, the height right? of her popularity, she never really got anything more than, like, romantic comedies. Right. You know, like, she's not really a great dramatic actor. I'm really interested. So now she's transitioned after No offense Friends. to you, Jen. Yeah, we <laughs> um, She's transitioned into this, yes, like, she's going to be the the hot 40-something wife slash girlfriend slash whatever female role in the film, mm -hmm. right? Like in this movie or where the Millers. I'm really interested. And of course, she's in her like 50s now, right? She's like 50, know. 51. I'm interested to see what kind of role she'll take in like 15 years when, you know, is she going to basically... She could be the new Helen Mirren. No, because <laughs> Helen Mirren is like Oscar whatever. I'm thinking like she'll be the next like Jane Fonda. She'll be on some sitcom in her like, or like, you know, when they reboot Golden Girls because they're rebooting everything was, else. What was Hot in Cleveland? Wasn't that like a super popular show where like... They're, like, kind of older women, and they're, like, L.A., oh, like, yeah. fives, but they go to Cleveland, yeah. and they're, like, tens. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so anyway, I digress, but it's just interesting to see her career and how, yeah, she. these are the movies she's just like, yeah, sure, whatever, I'll take it, make money. Why not? I 
envy her. <laughs> yes. So, um, but yeah, no, it's interesting that her character, they, they are kind of the, they're, they're characters together, Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston, they really do have the kind of sitcom marriage dynamic where you're like, huh, hot middle-aged lady with this bumbling, the, the fat, oafish, <laughs> whatever, yeah, I mean, dynamic. I'm thinking, yeah, exactly, like, Leah Remini in King of Queens, where, you know, where you're like, that's kind of the stereotype, I think, where people can point to and they're like, why is this hot chick married to this doofus, you know? <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of the thing here. And, of course, they play that up to some light comedy, you know, where mm -hmm. he's like, what are you saying? Are you, you don't, my double chin? Like, you know, oh, he only has one chin, so he's better than me? Like. So what else did the movie do well? Despite the lack of foreshadowing, I think it did do a good job of kind of unveiling the mystery. And then there's another aspect of the mystery that gets revealed later. Yeah. So even once you think everything is solved, you're like, oh, wait. And then there's more fun to be had. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait, that guy wasn't actually dead? You won't know if I'm BSing you right now or if that's how the real twist plays out. That was my guess. I was that like, I was like wait for dead. it. Someone's not actually dead. <laughs> yeah. But we'll see. So... Obviously, I think we are we're pleasantly surprised by this movie. And I kind of I kind of thought that I would be honestly because I was actually this was one of the few times where I was kind of excited to watch a movie. He kept being like, "When are we going to watch it? When are we going to watch well, it?" Well, because I think we were watching something on Netflix at one point. And yeah. It, it is when it came out, and they were basically advertising it. Yeah. And they're like, "Hey, you know, this is the new thing that just dropped," and I was like, "Oh." That's that's interesting. Do you think that they would make a sequel to this movie? They are making a sequel. Are they? They are, yes. Well, so in the end of the movie... The, the inspector guy feels bad for basically ruining their vacation and, and them, setting yeah, them on the lamb. So he buys them tickets for the rest of their European vacation. And as we zoom out, we see that they're on the Orient Express. Which, I, by the way, I wish I had a job where, like... I could just be like, oh, my vacation was ruined. Hey, boss, guess what? I'm still gone for two more weeks because I'm <laughs> extending my vacation now. Like, what? Hey, maybe we'll get lucky during hurricane season and get stuck in our vacation. <laughs> so they are making a sequel. Yeah, they so are making the, a sequel. So they're on the Orient Express at the end of the movie. And so then, yeah, maybe they'll, that would, I would enjoy that, like a twist on the you know, murder on the train. Because I think it'd be fun, too, if they bring back the same inspector guy. Right. And he's just like, what is it this time? <laughs> like, <laughs> what? Well, how are you here? Yeah. Yeah, it would be good. Any final I, thoughts? I wish I had more to say, but, well, I'm So, one thing I do want to say. say is I think out of the murder mystery movies we have watched on this podcast so far, this is the best oh, one. Oh, this is definitely like, the by best far. One. Well, this is the only one I think I'm recommending. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Because last week, Happy Ten Murders, I was like, don't watch this. And honestly, good. this might be the first movie in quite a long time that you've actually been like, no, you should, we should watch it. Like, well, I just mean, anyway. I'm just saying that you haven't. No, you're right. It's been a long time you're since right. you have actually, actually recommended excited. a movie. I know, I was actually excited to see this movie because I thought I might want to see it versus other times like Highlander 2 where I wanted to watch it because I knew how bad it was and I knew that she didn't know how bad it was. And I was like, <laughs> yes. Because she always is the one, if one of us has seen it, 
she's always the one that's seen it and she's like, oh yeah, we gotta watch this. <laughs> or I'll be like, oh yeah, I've never seen that. And she'll be like, what? We have to watch it. And we really don't have to. Oh, we do. It's we not do good. Hey, like, sometimes they're good. Like the Anaconda, whatever. You are watching Anaconda, okay? Okay. Okay. <laughs> and then the I will I will spare orchid. you from from the Blood Orchid, the one with David Hasselhoff, and the There's other more one. than two. There's four of them. Oh my total. gosh. <laughs> uh, okay, so Adam Sandler has basically a movie deal with Netflix, right? To me, right. Like, and this is one of them. Yes, and. I mean, I want to say this is the first good one. I mean, obviously, it's not I'm considered sure. good because it has a 45% of Rotten Tomatoes. But we this is the it. first okay one. We liked it, but we also agreed on a curve. And we're watching it on our Bad Movies podcast, so how good can it be? Okay, so the, <laughs> the Netflix movies that have come out so far are The Week Of, which is with him and Chris Rock. The Do-Over, which is him and David Spade, Sandy Wexler, The Ridiculous Six, and then this. And I forget how many total there are in the deal. Well, apparently Murder Mystery 2, whatever it's going to be called, is one of them, I'm okay. guessing. But yeah, The Ridiculous Six is not good. So Yeah, it has like a, it's a ridiculous it's 6% very, on very Tomatoes low. or something. Yeah, right? no, it's not good. But yeah, so far, I believe all of those movies are on Oh, I'm sure they are. I'm sure. I don't know if Adam Sandler cares. Do you think he cares that people don't like his movies? People keep seeing him. He still makes money. He... No, I really don't think he Has he ever does. come out and been like, yeah, guess what? I'm, made, I'm rich. Well, I feel like <laughs> it's the kind of thing where... Like, he knows his audience. Right. So the people who like Adam Sandler movies will like his movies. So I remember liking funny. Happy Gilmore... I actually like liked Little Nicky. Okay, never <laughs> seen it. And I've never seen Big Daddy either. Um, Big I Daddy, I feel like, is one you can skip. I saw Billy Madison when I was, like, in my 20s, and I was like, why did all my friends in high school and college think this was a great movie? It's like the Goonies effect. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you saw it when you are young, and you have the nostalgia, and you remember the one-liners, and you thought they were funny then, you might think they're funny later. But if you see them as an adult, you're like, this movie's awful. Yeah, and but, then there's some, like, atypical Adam Sandler. Like, the ones that, like, Happy Madison has made uh, are way different than just the ones stuff. that he's made. Yeah. Yeah, because, like, um, Eight Crazy Nights is really good. It's, like, an animated movie about Hanukkah. Right. Critics enjoy Punch Drunk Love. I did not personally like it. Mm-hmm. You've seen Spanglish? The Wedding Singer is pretty decent. Right. Everyone universally hates Jack and Jill, but I have not <laughs> seen it. And then, you know, he does the voice of the Dracula in Hotel right. Transylvania. Well, the funny thing about those movies, those movies are good. Yeah. They're, they're good kids' movies. They're good family whatever movies. Um, is it's like him and all of his buddies from, like, Grown Ups or whatever, right? They're yeah. Grown Ups? That entire franchise is on our list. The Grown Ups franchise? Yeah. Right, but my point is, all of his buddies that he's worked with a bunch... Yeah. David Spade and Kevin James Rob and Schneider. Rob Schneider and isn't uh, Steve Buscemi in maybe? Probably. Anyway, the point is I think they're, in they're all like together. they're like all the voices of the monsters in the Hotel Transylvania, Transylvania movies. movies. So it's kind of funny. You're like, oh yeah, even then they're like, hey, let's hang out and we'll all do the voices for this movie. And 
I think it's funny because, of course, Dracula in that in those films still you can still tell it's Adam Sandler doing like a vampire voice, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but again, it plays well for kids, and that's kind of his thing. And maybe it'd be nicer if he did more like good family-friendly movies. It'd be interesting to see him be like the coach in like a Bad News Bears type Mighty Ducks yeah. whatever movie, you know, or like the dad and. I could see him getting, like, mad, like, typical Adam Sandler mad, but then realizing, oh, these kids are, like, eight. I can't, you know. I feel like they made that movie with Will Ferrell called, like, Kicking and Screaming or something. He was, yeah, like, a probably. soccer coach or something like that. Here we go. Combine anger management, which he was in, right? Yes. Combine anger management with, like, the Bad News Bears, where he has, like, court-mandated community service along with anger management therapy and so, like, he wants to be mad at the kids, but he knows he can't because it's therapy. <laughs> Boom, Hollywood! I just pitched you an idea. He just pitched that probably that would be a decent episode. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, anyway, so back to murder mystery. Yeah, it's pretty decent. It's I feel like this time we have less to say because we're just kind of like, yeah, it's actually pretty good. Okay, moving on. That's fine. I don't. I can't rip on it for ten minutes about how <laughs> stupid it was. Okay, let's go back here for a minute. Because we talked about what this movie did pretty well, and that it was a decent mystery. So in the because we actually liked this movie, and typically we hate movies and try to find the good in them. What is the actual bad? Like, what do you think? Why do you think critics didn't like this movie? Honestly, I think it's because not a lot of critics reviewed it. Right, because it's a Netflix film. Yeah, Netflix so original. Netflix kind of does this thing, and the the critics we've talked to, or the critics that we're friends with on Twitter, kind of talk about this. Netflix doesn't take their critic games seriously. They don't send screeners. They don't send, like, the digital codes or whatever. Like, they're not really interested in getting critics to review their movies. Unless it's, unless like, Unless they a know it's going to be. Basically, unless it's Roma. Yeah. <laughs> and they know that it's a Best Picture contender. Yeah, because they didn't make that movie. They, right. They bought that movie. Okay, sure. So... But you have to figure at some point there will be a Netflix original that's going to be so amazing... Yeah. That it's going to, like, The Irishman is a Netflix original, yeah, right? Yeah, that's coming. But until I think they realize that getting critical reviews is sort of, in, or, like, impacts their viewership But at the same numbers, time, for a movie that's considered not good, do you think it really matters for them to get, do they, you think they want to have a 20% Rotten Tomatoes score? Or do you think that they will even think, oh, maybe if we get more people no. to review it, it'll bump up to, you know, 50, 60%. So, but yeah, I think Netflix certainly, the, the great thing about Netflix is people don't need critic reviews to decide to watch it. It's already in their house. Right. They don't need to arrange, you know, plans to meet up with people, go to the movie theater, you know, sometimes save up for a ridiculously priced ticket to go see something. That's like, true. it's already there. And the, the thing about this movie, so when we saw it advertised five this months summer. ago... Like, we were going to watch this movie either way. Yeah. Like, we would have watched it just on a Saturday night when we're home and the kids are in bed. Even if it had had, like, a 57% of Rotten Tomatoes, but we would have been like, yeah, let's just watch honestly, it. Honestly, the kids could have been awake. There's really no, nothing true. too terrible in this no, movie. No, it's not. Besides it's, that people die. But even that, it's not, like, it's extremely not graphic. violent. Yeah. yeah. If you... I wouldn't say it's a family-friendly movie, but it's not a movie you would have any problem with your older kids 
watching or your younger kids walking through while you're watching it you know it's pretty much language would be the only bad yeah. thing but yeah so like we would have watched this movie anyway mm -hmm. because i was like oh yeah that's interesting okay that looks interesting i'll watch it looks and the only reason i think that when we saw it advertised that we thought oh maybe we'll watch hopefully that's bad and we can watch it for the podcast is because it has adam sandler in it and you <laughs> just assume it's not gonna be that good if he's in it right well we also had the previous examples of Adam Sandler Netflix movies no, that, that yes, did not do well. Definitely so, true. Yeah, it's easy to assume it wouldn't be good, but it is. What, like, how many stars would you give this movie? Like, it's definitely mm. not one. Is it three? Out of five? Out of five. Um, I would put it around, like, two and a half. Yeah. Probably. Middle of the road. Yeah. Like, in my opinion, like, a three star, I know everybody kind of has their own subjective way of viewing it. A three-star, growing up, the local critic who I would read whatever reviews, three-star was kind of like the minimum to recommend something. Where you're like, okay, it's, it's good. It's okay. Like, mm -hmm. go see it. The critic's saying, I give you my blessing. It's not the best movie ever, but go see it. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd put this, like, one step below that. Like, I don't think it's, it's going to be on that same level as other kind of good good to okay films, right? It's definitely okay. No, that's <laughs> like... right. But my point is, it's not... Anyway, it's a shade under whatever you want to call that. Like, if you had a thumbs up or a thumbs down, like if you're, you know, whatever. It would be Ebert the sideways thumb while Yeah, it'd be somewhere in between the... where you're like, I don't know if I really want to give it a thumb, maybe a thumb. Like... You'd be okay with one giving a thumbs up and one giving a thumbs down on like one of the shows where there's two, you know. Right. You'd be like, oh, it's kind of they're they're split on if it's you know it's it's there in that gray area. So I think I just spent like three minutes explaining nothing about whatever. Yep. <laughs> so anyway. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so what else though? Like what what did this movie? So you think that this movie didn't really do anything bad, and it's really just that critics. Not enough critics have bothered to yeah, look at it. I mean, I think it's a perfectly fine movie. You think if more critics watched it... I have seen it... way worse movies. Oh, yeah. I've seen better movies, but it's there's, there's nothing so terrible about it that I can sit here and say, yeah, that's why it sucked. Like, I thought it was perfectly fine. Right. And one of the thing is, okay, again, comparing it to Murder on the Orient Express... Right? Mm -hmm. Which has been remade into a movie like four times. Okay, so for someone who, like we saw it, then this new one with Kenneth Branagh a couple years ago, whatever, last year or something. Whenever it came out. We saw it. We had never seen any of the other versions. Right. So we didn't know who the killer or what the plot or, you know, what the motive was. Mm -hmm. And so for us, watching it, we were like, oh, yeah, okay, cool. Like, I, it was satisfying. However... I don't know how good that movie was if you already knew the story. Yeah. You know what I mean? You'd be like, yeah, okay, I just remade another. I liked it better I when Albert was in I it. don't remember what happened in that movie. Okay. <laughs> the Lindbergh baby something, whatever. Um, so, yeah, because of that, like, with this film, I don't necessarily think... I think I could see why people are like, oh, it's kind of boring. Yeah, maybe because if you expect it to be a comedy and you're not getting those, that slapstick laughs and stuff, you'd be like, oh, yeah, nothing really, whatever. 
but I don't think, I think it actually is fine. As long as you don't go in thinking that you're going to get that. So one thing that I was thinking about, and I'm glad I remembered it before we're done recording. <laughs> so compare this movie to Holmes and Watson. Mm-hmm. So Holmes and Watson is... Bad. Okay, so Holmes and Watson and then this movie, Murder Mystery. In both cases, we're talking about a kind of modern look, comedic, lighthearted, whatever you want to call it, adaptation of classic English mystery novels, right? So okay. obviously, Sherlock Holmes versus Agatha Christie's, you know, mythos or whatever. She, was, she wrote a lot of books. Right, I mean, so and then she has a lot of different characters. It, yeah, so just it probably has style, like aspects of a lot of them. Right, but my point is, Holmes and Watson took it to a ridiculous extent with the comedy and the jokes that were just, they fell flat and they were stupid, right? Mm-hmm. And then ultimately they're like, oh yeah, and that's the killer. And you're like, what? That doesn't make sense. Like, what? Out of the blue, kind of, right? Yeah. yeah, oh yeah, it was, it was that. You're like, whereas this movie, I feel like even though you could argue that the way that they wrap up the mystery, you're kind of like, oh, it might not be satisfying for some people. It might feel a little bit the same as Holmes and Ware. Like, oh yeah, it was, it was them. And you're like, what? Why? Okay. Like I say... I was more upset with how they did it in thinking about it later versus in the moment. In the moment, I was like, oh, okay. And then I was like, wait a second. Then why were they even, what? That doesn't, okay, whatever. So in both cases, you might say, oh, the mystery's kind of a little bit weak when they resolve it. But Holmes and Watson was stupid all the way up. It made you hate it. And then this movie was kind of a better adaptation of, you know, that kind of old school British mystery. Versus Holmes and Watson, which was just terrible. Good. <laughs> this, like, what are you saying? I don't like, know. This, I'm saying this is a better example. Yes, this is a better example. This is a better example. How to adapt something like that. Thank you for listening to this season finale episode of One Star Bazaar. We want to thank you, our listeners, for making this season a success. We love bringing you this podcast and look forward to bringing you an even better third season in the new year. Please reach out to us on social media with your suggestions for future episodes. We definitely want to make sure you don't waste your time on any duds, so we'll suffer through them for you. We'll be back in January, but all of our past episodes are available on your favorite podcast platforms to help pass the time. Happy, happy holidays, holidays, happy, happy new, new year. year. We'll, we'll see, see you in, in 2020. 2020.